Good morning everyone. Welcome to LTV Talks with Karan where I interview industry leading experts on engagement, monetization and retention strategies. Today we have Vahe with us. Vahe is a senior growth marketing manager at Coinstats. He's also an active growth mentor and provides one-on-one mainly on topics around growth and marketing. He recently also launched a cohort based course on subscription optimization and pricing strategy that starts on the 4th of March. We both share the love of leveraging proven psychology and behavioral insights into an app's growth and marketing efforts and that's one of the reasons why I'm very excited to talk to him today. Hey Wahe, welcome to the show. Hey, hey Karan, thanks for having me today. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so just to get started, right, I, I would love to uh, hear your story on how you ended up doing what you're doing right now in your uh, as a senior growth marketing manager. Uh, what does that role involve at Coinstats? Like what are your active um, daily work or weekly work? If you can shed some light on that, it'd be very cool. Sure. sure. Yeah. Before any gap at Coinstats, I've worked several other startups. One of the my recent one was the Solo Learn which is world's largest code learning platform, but I was in the charge of product marketing there. And yeah, and we've, I've, been, I've worked on several uh, product launches there, preparing the go-to-market strategies, etc. And also before that, I've been doing some consulting for other uh, startups that, are, that were trying to start their uh, initial activities in growth and marketing. When I joined, when I, I joined the CoinStats almost like two years ago, and I've started to be in charge of lifecycle marketing, CRM, and in some degree, uh, product-led growth. Last year, we decided to also uh, start to work on a monetization, and I become and I became in charge of the monetization strategy and a pricing strategy, and almost one whole year we worked on only on monetization staff optimized our pricing changed our pricing model changed our packaging changed almost like changed everything that we had before that regards to monetization and pricing i see yeah awesome and i think like it's a very important point right like i think it's good that you started at crm and then sort of started doing monetization strategy which is which has been mm-hmm. sort of my role as well in the recent years so it's it's mm-hmm. good because now you know or both sides of the equations right like in terms of uh, how crm can complement uh, your monetization efforts and you can think more naturally around it as well i think i think uh crm lifecycle marketing can has you know, can have you know very very important impact on monetization and uh all other things that you work on for example <laughs> When you do start, when you start to do your subscription optimization, it, it does not only end with uh, optimizing the paywall, etc. Cetera, et cetera. It also includes how you're gonna onboard, you know, your paid users, how you're gonna onboard your uh, free trial users, how you're gonna increase the retention of the um, uh, subscribed users. Of course, mm-hmm. you gotta build, you know, the necessary product experiences to make sure that the free trial or paid users are properly on board. But there comes the lifecycle marketing campaigns that can drive uh, a lot of impact there and help you to make sure that the user who who took a free trial will convert in the end of it. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. And I completely agree. 
I'd be curious to know when you started at Coinstats, you mentioned like it was, it was a complete rehaul, right? Like you wanted to start from setting up CRM and sounds like you didn't, you know, you didn't sort of get a, or inherent a team, a big team. Uh, so how, how was the team structure like from where you, when you started and like from where you are right now, that sort of enables you to, you know, are you under product? Are you under marketing? Or how does Coinstat sort of work with the teams and how do you share or who do you share ownership with uh, on these topics such as monetization, for example? Yeah, I mean, at Coinstat, we have, uh, a, I guess, a pretty much a different structure that the other growth teams has in other products, maybe. The thing is, we, we have the product team and the marketing team and a product is only responsible for building new features that's going to increase on expansion of the company, right? Mm-hmm. For example, I don't know, there is a, we help users to manage their crypto investments from one, uh, from one place and a product is responsible for making sure we support as many exchanges and as many wallets as possible to make sure everyone could find their wallets and connect to Coinstats and start to manage their funds. Yeah, this is an example. This is one of the examples. And the marketing team is more broad. And we have this user acquisition team that it's that is doing uh, paid user acquisition, that is doing SEO. We are also heavily doing SEO. And we have the social media team. And there is also uh, the lifecycle marketing CRM team. When I joined, I was the only person. I set up everything from zero, from uh, implementing the tools. We use Iterable and Amplitude mm-hmm. to Iterable for uh, CRM and uh, Amplitude for the uh, analytics. So mm-hmm. I, I've started from there, you know, from uh, implementing this uh, enterprise softwares and then doing the retention and uh, retention analysis to understand what 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 were our stance before and how we can get start with what we had and what are the, what were the opportunities uh, to optimize. So and then and then after setting up these things, we set up this experimentation process that helps us to run experiments every week. We set up the reporting process, et cetera, et cetera. At this moment, we are the lifecycle marketing team is consists of three people, and also we work with independent consultants that helps us to give another look at what we are doing to make sure, yeah, we are on the uh, we are on the right path. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's that's another key aspect to it, right? Like uh, more and more companies are getting independent consultants, like myself, of course. Uh, and oftentimes the role is just to sort of understand if we are up to the industry benchmarks and industry best practices. And it can be quite helpful to get someone in uh, to have a look at your setup, right? Especially with this zone <clears throat> around monetization and lifecycle marketing. So that's cool. And one thing that I also read from one of your posts was around, uh, you know, I think you shared 27 tips and uh, learnings from all your experiments that you must have ran during this time especially with such an evolving uh, team, right? Like starting from scratch and then now having a widespread team. How did that process look right, right? So initially when you were like, let's say maybe not so many people in the team and you ha- you were solely responsible for CRM, oftentimes I see that it's very hard to manage and let alone 
gathering insights from these experiments but oftentimes it's only it's very hard for someone to manage all these um tests and you know um, all these experimentation processes so how did you like maybe walk us through uh, you know how did you start what what were the things that you started with yeah yeah so actually when we started doing all these monetization activities and things the first thing that we did was to analyze our current state of revenue and monetization to understand who are the users who are paying us what are their locations what are their oss and mm-hmm. what are what were their use cases right to understand to deeply understand the user who's paying us and retaining for three years or five years mm-hmm. so this is this were you know one of uh the few things that we started early and then we started doing a tweet two type of analysis to understand uh what it's gonna be uh new pricing to experiment and also what how we gonna what features that we gonna put more highlight on so we started doing this uh feature value based analysis there is all the max diff analysis that I, this is originally i guess comes from reforge and this is a method that allows uh, allows you to understand what are the most valuable features for your customers and you can use the most valuable ones in your uh pricing pages in your paywalls and you can have also a combination of the least favored ones or something in your freemium uh, packaging if you, if you if you are operating with freemium business model and mm. this is and then we also run this willingness to pay analysis the the one of the, the we we used actually two methodologies the first is the one waster drop uh, methodology and it's i guess it's one of the most famous and everybody who is trying to do some willingness to pay analysis they are moving with that so what we what we did there we run this analysis uh in geolocation basis in use case basis in uh os basis right to understand how the willingness of pay of our customers differs from use case to use case and then use this also an opportunity to uh move users from low willingness to pay use cases to high willingness to pay use cases and make sure that they're gonna convert for higher prices and after this analysis we end up also implementing this location based pricing and we divided our market in a uh uh six tires and for each tires we had a separate price and it helps us to make sure that our users from countries that have low purchasing power has an opportunity to use our services Right, and it and it actually and it actually helps us because there are some regions from where we're getting a little or no traction in terms of monetization, and now as we change our pricing, there are more and more users were signing up. So this this were this early stages on everything how we started everything, and then mm-hmm. when we had a clear picture what 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 are the prices that we gonna experiment with. And what are the most valuable features that we that our premium users and our users in general value? We started to build this uh, paywalls and a pricings uh, pricing pages, uh, and uh, start to experiment. And for on web, we did this interesting experiment. We had a, a long paywall on web mm-hmm. that shows you the pricing cards that shows 
the security measures of CoinStats, shows uh, reviews from the key opinion leaders, and many, many other you know, uh, additional information. And we experimented it with this uh, uh, more shorter form of paywall that shows only uh, the pricing cards and some FAQ. And clearly, the long form of paywall outperformed, significantly outperformed the short form of paywalls. I guess I, I believe this can be, you know, industry specification because I talked all other folks from uh, mobile apps or web apps that are doing monetization. They will say, you know, most of them say the short paywalls on web works best. But in, the, in our case, you know, long ones work better. I guess it might be a, an industry specification. And the, the, the other interesting thing that we experimented with, we experimented uh, at the pricing. We experimented 119.99 annual pricing versus 41.99. And two weeks more people subscribe to 119.99 compared to 41.99. And it ended up, you know, uh, bringing 10 times more revenue because yeah, two, two times more people su su subscribed for 119.99 pricing compared to 41.99. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, uh, you know, we'll get to pricing also in a bit because I think that's a very fascinating, ca uh, you know, case, right? Because I was just talking to someone sure. last week and uh, Netflix, for instance, cannot do, uh, you know, cannot afford to do such kind of pricing experiments. So I think it also applies to some level of like when you're growing at that level where people, it's not a huge fuss if you increase your pricing or if you double your pricing as an experiment. I think you can still use that as a lever, but in your later stages, it's even harder to, if Netflix increases its price by 10%, for example, it's it's going to be a huge thing. Whereas if you double your pricing at some level, I think it, you can still get away with it and have some learning. So there's a certain time when that kicks in, right? Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. And it's also about, it's the same with uh, localized pricing, right? Because it's very, very hard to manage localized pricing. And yeah. if you're also running experiment based on all geos, you can have a, pretty good infrastructure and a, a lot of efforts from data team or whatever what a tool you use to make to understand how your experiments are performing because you it's it's a it's a lot of work and in a large scale maybe mm -hmm. it's not gonna be as effective as you know you know in mi your mid stages or something exactly and why just to also take a step back right in, in the initial stages you mentioned you did a lot of max div tests and uh, understanding from the customers on willingness to pay. I had two sort of leading questions there. I was wondering who who was we at that time? Like, did you get help from, you know, did you have a data partner, a partner from UX who was sort of helping you with the surveys and managing that part of the site? Or how did it look like in the initial stages when you wanted to run these analysis? Because... Oftentimes what I see is whenever we start doing these kind of analysis, there are more and more sort of nuanced needs that starts coming up that you need experts mm -hmm. on. So for example, if you're doing a willingness to pay survey, I have, mm -hmm. at least in my experience, I have found that, you know, whenever we do ask customers, so there are two approaches, right? You can ask internal customers who are already using the, the tool, 
or you can ask some somewhere like an mturk and ask them how much they would be willing to pay for a service like this and the results are often so different from then what you do so you know people say different and do different uh, so how do you how did you manage that right who were we uh, initially and how did you come up with that test and did you then sort of go very much in depth or were you looking for a broader number and saying okay we need to be range in the range of 40 to 60 rather than yeah. 100 to 300 Yeah so actually I did everything by myself <laughs> so uh-huh. I I I yeah I ran you know I yeah I created and the the, the uh, surveys and the other things by myself and I also have some uh, data analysis skills and knowledge that help a lot so I didn't mm-hmm. had to uh, ask some data person to help me to analyze like a small things uh, small things there what we did like we as i as i mentioned we ran this willingness to pay analysis a surveys uh among different use cases for example mm-hmm. let's say we have a like four use case um we run this analysis for each use case to understand how would the willingness to of to pay is differs from use case to use case and i already as mentioned that's also on the other hand it gives the opportunity to move this low willingness to pay use cases to high willingness to pay use cases right. we also i mean we got a, yeah we got a lot of data and to after analyzing it what we saw that our users were prefer to pay you know 8999 annually mm-hmm. for our pri- for our product this that was based on the analysis that were the optimal pricing but we decided to take some risk let's say and we move with 11999 mm. and later on when we were experimenting with 11999 versus 8999 we still see that 11999 performed better than what the methodology results showed right the 8999 and i guess i guess this is the thing when people look at these things like the one waster drops analysis mark this etc etc they take it very very granted but mm. in the end of the day this is just a framework and a tool that helps you to get a like more uh broader picture what's going on on your monetization you know things right yeah yeah absolutely i think that's a very good advice as well because uh, what i've seen is um, sometimes a lot of apps that i help with they are very keen to copy their competitors and then price them based on their competitor pricing which is i think it's easy but it's not you know always in line because your product could be much better or much worse than your competitors and um it's you know you should always take these kind of analysis as well with a with a grain of salt right because if, as you said people said that they would be willing to pay 89 but then when you actually test it on the wild you see that 100 euros uh, people convert way better with uh, with you know we uh, one client i was helping with what we did is we started doing these pricing experiments in very early stages and we saw for example that uh, i think you also mentioned it in your, in your post and it's a very common knowledge i think in the field as well that ios users pay more than android users but for example what we saw when we tested it was that android users uh, at least for this app use case were paying way more than uh, ios users and they were there was more uh, sort of a bigger curve there than ios users which was 
very interesting i've never seen it um happening that way so i think it's also important to test those best practices right there are there are sometimes i think you mentioned a couple right having long form paywalls i think that's often recommended as the best practice but also for us for example this was not the case what actually at the end started working was adding numbers to your paywall so you know showing them the value proposition in terms of numbers so you can add up to x number of photos or you know you can add you can save this much amount of time and things like that worked better than having a necessarily long form content so i think best practices with a grain of salt is also very um, it's a good advice uh, from you <clears throat> yeah exactly i guess another another thing that everybody who's in this paywall optimization says is huge videos in your paywalls they convert the best I tried it for us video uh, paywalls with video didn't convert as much as the other paywalls that we were experimenting with. So every product is unique. Every monetization model is unique. Just, yeah. I mean, learn the best practices test, but don't, you know, take it for granted. Uh, the monetization model is consists of uh, four parts. The first one is how you scale your price. What are the paid features? What is the price and when you are going to charge uh, your customers? And for, mm -hmm. for scaling part, there are usually you know, two types of understanding there. There is this continuous scaling and bandit scaling. Continuous is more used by companies like Amplitude or Mixpanel when you have a, you know, one million events, let's say, based on your contract and when you... Uh, increase the limit and it increase and it's charged you overcharge and the bandit uh, method of uh, uh, showing your uh, paid features is that uh, for example if you have a premium if you in thinking let's let's talk about the coinstats case if you are a premium user for zero to five connected portfolios, you pay nothing. From five to ten, you pay this much. From ten to fifteen, you pay this much. You know? So this is this is one of the first thing to understand how you gonna uh, scale your pricing. The other one is to understand what features are you gonna hide inside paywall. And here comes the uh, feature value based analysis or the max diff analysis. This is. Mm -hmm. Very, very. This is a very important thing to understand. What are the features that your customers, yeah, value the best? And as I uh, mentioned earlier, you can use this to uh, populate your paywalls and also uh, build a freemium plan if you want to. The other one is to understand also how you gonna price your product. And it's also about uh, willingness to pay analysis. We mentioned that it's very important is the, to understand when are you going to charge your customers. Right? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be on onboarding? Is it going to be after onboarding? Is it going to be after using some feature, et cetera, et cetera. So this is also very important to understand the user journey and when you're going to place these paywalls and ask them to upgrade their accounts. And also uh, before this, also, are you gonna, you know, have a monthly plan, annual plan, weekly plan, or something? This is this are also there is this these are also connected 
this when to charge part of the monetization model. So you gotta first understand the time frequency that you're gonna charge your customers and then to understand what it, what gonna be the user journey and when you can ask them to upgrade their accounts. So, th- so this is the like the most early early things that you mm. gotta do to uh, build your uh, monetization model. And the, and the the other thing that it's very very important if it's if you are in this uh, you already have revenue traction etc cetera, etc cetera, it's better to start also with uh, analyzing the current monetization model and the current state of your revenue. Absolutely. And one question I had because these uh, you know these are quite sort of foundational layers that you've laid out there right in terms of. Uh, sort of creating your monetization strategy i was almost wondering if you if you are an app that is at a level where let's say you have all these things in right you've decided that i i have a freemium model uh i am i have an annual subscription six months or a lifetime etc you have these things in place at what stage would it flag to you uh, in terms of okay we need to change this right like uh, let's say there are x number of features behind the paywall already and uh, the app is now trying to understand if we want to put more or if you want to free up some features do you make that call based on if you're seeing like you compare your numbers against benchmarks of trial conversion or you know paid to trial and things like that or install to trial or do you go uh, the route where you are taking an intuition call and you're saying okay this number should be way higher Uh, how do you suggest an app do that you know uh, should we compare it with benchmarks or do you think it's there's some other way of identifying that we are what we have set up is actually not correct or not the ideal setup let's say uh, that's a that's a very good question the first i mean the first intuitive way to do so is to compare benchmarks not only the benchmark is you see that your trial conversion rates are decreasing and there is no explanation to that. And you see there is a room to optimize. You got to start doing this. <clears throat> Another thing is, I believe the, all the activities in monetization pricing should be continuous. This, that, this don't mean that you got to change your pricing model once per year. You got to run free uh, willingness to pay analysis per year. No, you got to just try to experiment with your pricing, with the paywalls, with everything in continuous basis to make mm-hmm. sure you are optimizing uh, as much as possible. This, uh, this is my approach. We don't stop where in a place where we are good at mm-hmm. and yeah, just move on the other things. We keep this you know, continuous approach and we also do this in, like, uh, in CRM to continuously experiment with different things. I suggest to continuously experiment with your uh, paywalls, your pricing pages, uh, do do some research to understand if there are any opportunities to optimize. What I, what I like to do is, I, 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 for example, I open the amplitude and start to map the user journeys and see where are the biggest drop-offs there. Mm. And then go more deep in these drop-offs and understand if there are any opportunities to optimize. For example, if you are building this journey from when a user's user opens your website and when they they go to checkout and subscribe for your product, and this is like five six steps maybe I don't know. And you see that there is a uh, this 
big drop off between third and fourth uh, steps. You can mm. dive in there, understand the issue, try to identify an opportunity and capitalize on it. Absolutely. I think that's that's the best way. Like it's a almost like an old fashioned way, but it's almost the best way and the most effective way of doing it because uh, a recent example I had was when we did this exact sort of analysis on uh, on amplitude for a client. We saw that uh, the numbers, and then I think diving a bit deeper, right? You all also see if there are differences between platform locations and things, as you said. Uh, I remember seeing like a huge mm-hmm. drop for Latin American users, and for example, we saw that our pricing was just too high, and but and we were getting enough volume of users to make something substantial out of it so you know then it helps you narrow down that okay in latin america a test version like this could actually be worthwhile doing um and you know that's where we gained a lot of impact because as soon as we updated the pricing uh, we saw the subscriptions and the usage just increase significantly so i think that's it's a very good point um, to you know to keep optimizing and not just stop and have a look all the time uh, on what you're doing and service and things like that. Sure. Uh, just the final topic I wanted to bring up with you because I know you have a huge course around it as well. Uh, I remember you mentioning some of the metrics that you typically use uh, for your monetization strategy. So uh, I remember you mentioning app install to paywall view ratio, uh, you know, which is very, uh, very interesting thought by Jake, Jake Moore, I think from Superwall, who's... Uh, who also opened my mind, honestly, when I uh, heard that. I was like, why don't we ever measure that? So what are some sort of metrics that you're tracking on a weekly level uh, to, or a weekly or a daily level maybe? Uh, What are some of the things that you're looking at um, to identify where you want to work next and things like that? Yeah, uh, that's a good good question. Yeah, we start with this install to PayPal view. This is very, very important. Yeah, and it comes with Jake and uh it's uh, you i mean someone who getting started maybe can't fully realize what is the impact of this which uh when but we when we just increased by a hundred percent the number of users who are seeing a paywall it increased it, it helped us to you know significantly increase the number of free trials that we are we were getting uh per day and it's just mm-hmm. the one thing, right? You don't do this fancy analysis, etc. You're just making you're just making sure that many, many of your user, new users who are fresh installs are seeing your paywalls. Only mm-hmm. doing this can help you to significantly improve your free trial rates. And in terms of the other metrics, we use we look at the MRR mostly, ARPU. Mm-hmm. Uh, the retention of our subscribers, churned revenue. Uh, I guess yeah, these are these are the uh, at the LTV of course, and these are the main metrics that I have looked to. There are also the paid UI team who looks at other metrics like what is the cost of acquire of acquiring paid users, what is you know the LTV customer acquisition cost uh, ratio, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And mm-hmm. uh, we also look, I also look at the free trial conversion rates, what, what percentage of free trials are converting to a, a paid a plan and what percentage of our new users are taking a free trial, what percentage of free trials are canceling their trial, 
So these are my like health metrics that I use to uh, identify problems and uh, plan further to optimize it. Nice. Yeah, I, I, this is very cool because uh, one thing I I have experienced is uh, since the Blinkish premium paywall got like super famous, I see a lot of apps implementing it now. Uh, but every time I look at that, I'm always thinking that, you know, it has to be a problem that you're solving, right? Like it's a, it's not a very, if you read back and if you uh, talk to JC who was uh, helped design that paywall, one of the key intentions was that they saw that a lot of users were canceling this sort of, uh, you know, when they, whenever they're taking up the trial, they were canceling it very quickly. If you see that in your use case, then I think it, it can still make sense to have that Blinkish paywall. But they did this while when subscriptions were quite new and people were very afraid that they would get charged for something that they don't didn't want. Now people are more and more comfortable with subscriptions. So oftentimes I ask ask clients to you know to look back and actually see if that's a use case for them, because otherwise they could be using that very good almost real estate to show their, their USPs instead of saying you won't be getting charged until seven days, right and. Uh, and that could be a very huge lever. So optimizing it based on what you are seeing um, on these metrics, for example, can give you a very guiding light into what really you want to test in other aspects, such as lifecycle marketing or uh, optimizing your paywall as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, getting back to a few minutes earlier, I mean, if something works for, for your competitor or some other app, doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work for you because every every product is unique and every problem is unique. So if this timeline paywall works for your competitor or works for your, uh, for Blinkist, they probably they had an issue and they designed it in a way that it's solving that issue. But maybe you don't have that issue. You got to understand these parts before uh, making this timeline paywall your main paywall in the app. Exactly. Uh, cool, man. It's, it's, it's been so nice talking to you. Just one last final uh, plug. You know, I heard that you were doing a new course. Uh, did you want to tell mm -hmm. people who are listening around like what the course is about and where can they actually, uh, you know, go on to get your course and get these insights from you? Yes, of course. So I'm launching a small court based course on Maven. It's going to start on March 4th, and it's a two-week course. We're going to mm -hmm. talk about subscription optimization and a pricing strategy. And we're going to start with this early, how to build early, this early monetization model, how to, this, how to do this feature-based analysis, uh, willingness to pay analysis, etc. Then we're going to dive deep on how to implement experiments how you how to do paywall a b testings how to build paywalls and also we're gonna talk about uh using lifecycle marketing to optimize your subscriptions and also we're gonna have a weekly project when the court members will do everything that they learn during the course in, in practice if they have an app they would there there is gonna be an assignment to do this analysis on their app to understand, yeah, how that works for them. So it's gonna be based on uh, two workshops. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna include two workshops. One 
weekly project and two live Q&A sessions when the, everyone will free to ask for a feedback and any other question that they are interested in in mod session and subscription optim- optimization. Awesome. That sounds great. And I hope you still have some seats left and uh, people can join in. Uh, where can they find sure. you? Why, if anyone wanted to reach out to you, uh, is LinkedIn the best place? Yeah, LinkedIn, Twitter. I'm more active on LinkedIn and Twitter, I guess. So both uh, platforms work. Feel free to DM or comment or anything. I would be happy to connect and you know to talk with everyone. Awesome, awesome. It was super nice talking to you finally uh, after exchanging a lot of LinkedIn messages. Uh, and I wish you have a great um, week ahead, man. Thank you for having us. Thank you too. Uh, thank you and thank you for having me. Awesome.